0: Gathered in love and service for justice and peace.
1: Good morning. Did you sing in the shower this morning? Did you hum along with the car radio or your iPod on the T? Well, if so, you were performing the kernel of spiritual practice even before you set foot in this church. Today, I want to meditate a bit on singing as a celebration of the eternal, a celebration of our spirit, individual and collective, of memories, da- daily routine, future hopes. A little background to our meditation. I grew up in a musical family. My dad called us the Von Trapp family singers. <laughs> and I sang in school choruses as well. But I stopped singing when I went off to college. And it's not a coincidence that I also stopped attending UU services. During the 15 or so years that followed in the desert, you might say, I didn't put those two voids in my life together with my depression. Go figure. But then gradually, I came back to both my spiritual home and spiritual practice when I joined the Arlington Street Church Choir. However, my insight about the power of the divine and the act of singing didn't come to me in church. It came in a nursing home. Let me explain. My, grandpa- <laughs> my grandparents got married in 1930, the first year of the Depression, in a house, not a church. Their wedding song was, I Love You Truly, my grandmother's three sisters singing and playing piano.
0: I love you truly.
1: That song fit my grandparents perfectly. They were close companions through life's ups and downs for 60 years. When my grandpa died in 1990, we assumed that grandma wouldn't last very long. But she proved us a wrong for a decade and more. But in her mid-90s, her health deteriorated. And in the last months of her life, dementia had robbed her of her ability to speak. Eat, walk, and her sight and hearing were much diminished. When we visited, we could no longer communicate. She wasn't there. But when we sang, I love you truly, she sang along, perfectly in tune. That, to me, is evidence of the eternal. The divine spark of music in one's core, in our souls, And her example is what made me be more mindful of my own singing and of the power of song. I began to think about this simple yet incredible fact. Our bodies are the instruments of celebration of life. Our breath, lungs, vocal cords, and emotions are the only things we need. So everyone has access to this spiritual practice, alone or in community, listening or taking part, We can all be transformed by singing. And we also transform the song into something new. It doesn't matter how many times you sing the same tune, it's always different, right? Because it is sung at that particular moment in time. When we are humming along with the radio, rocking a baby, singing hymns in church or spirituals at a peace rally, we are singing a new song to the eternal. Whenever I hear, I love you truly, I think of my grandmother and my grandparents' enduring love. In your mind's eye, can you think of a moment when hearing a song has transformed you? Maybe it was your child singing Wheels on the Bus, or Pavarotti's Nessun Dorma, or Spinal Tap's Stonehenge listening mindfully to singing can also be spiritual practice if it connects you to the breath emotion and beauty of the singer's experience as it transforms individual singers we know that song can be a mighty instrument of social change a single singer can ease pain and grief of communities calm crowds and bind them together or incite them to action by singing singing truth to power. Paul Robeson said, I shall take my voice wherever there are those who want to hear the melody of freedom, or the words that might inspire hope and courage in the face of despair and fear. In this spirit, Stephanie McGuire will preview a song from her recital at 1 p.m., to benefit Arlington Street Church's work in New Orleans. Thank you, Stephanie. That was just gorgeous. We've just heard the power of one voice. Now let's think about many voices joining together. Our UU reading group recently finished Muriel Barbery's novel, The Elegance of the Hedgehog. Anybody else read that? Well, um, in this particular excerpt, a girl describes listening to a high school concert Vocal Concert. Every time, it's a miracle. There are all these people full of heartache or hatred or desire, and we all have our troubles, and the school year is filled with vulgarity and triviality and consequence, and there are all these teachers and kids of every shape and size, and there's this life we're struggling through, full of shouting and tears and laughter and fights, and breakups and dashed hopes and unexpected luck. It all disappears just like that when the choir begins to sing. Everyday life vanishes into song. You are suddenly overcome with a feeling of brotherhood, of deep solidarity, even love, and it diffuses the ugliness of everyday life into a spirit of perfect communion. I'm no longer myself. I am just one part of a sublime whole to which the others also belong. And I always wonder at such moments why this cannot be the rule of everyday life instead of being an exceptional moment during a choir. A book member commented, yeah, it works when it's a good choir. Which brings me to the primary obstacle, whether in private or with others, that has kept some of us from singing. We think we can't. We've been told we can't. We listen to our voices and compare them with Kiri Takanawa or James Taylor or Stephanie McGuire, and they come up short. Well, of course they do. 99.9% of us us have bodies that don't conform to the standards of beauty we see on TV and in movies. But does that mean we shouldn't go out in public? (laughs) Remember the song, everything is beautiful in its own way. Well, it's the same with singing. And for definitive proof, I have two words for you, Bob Dylan. (laughs) That's right. Say what you will about the man's songs. I doubt you'll find many who characterize his voice as beautiful. And don't get me started on his harmonica playing. My point is, our singing is part of our being, an expression of ourselves and our connection to the eternal. So let's give it a try. Everyone, let's close your eyes. Take a deep breath, just relax, take a deep breath in, feel it filling your lungs, and then just let it out slowly. Now take another deep breath in, this time as you let it out, hum on any note or tune that you want until all your breath is gone. Let's hear you. Feel the vibrations of your vocal cords, your lips, and listen to the sound you're making. Okay, everybody's out of breath, okay. Now, this last breath, I want you to take in deeply and let out again, humming on any note or tune. But as you're aware of your own sensations, go ahead, humming. Listen to those around you. Listen to everyone breathing and humming. Something that I didn't expect when I made up this exercise was that everybody went to the same pitch, which I think says something about, you know, common uh, singing together. Um, Safety in a crowd perhaps, I'm not sure. So this exercise in mindful singing demonstrates its simple power. We are all familiar with its personal aspects, expressing feelings, hearing our voices, feeling our breath, and so forth. But when we are mindful of those aspects, it doesn't matter what tune we are singing or humming, what note you're humming, or what sound you're making, we are singing a new song to the eternal. And when we make an effort to do this regularly, it can become spiritual practice and we do ourselves and the world a great disservice when we hold ourselves back from experiencing what is to me the most spiritually powerful aspect of singing and that's singing with others. Which brings me to another anecdote. One winter when I was a kid, our family was invited to our friend's home for a carol sing. The hostess gathered everyone in one room and Uh, kids and adults, everyone, into the living room and arranged us in five groups. Sopranos, altos, tenors, basses, and tone deaf. (laughs) Although I'm not sure this was the best way of going about it, the point is, everyone was expected to join in, and they did. This pertains directly to singing as spiritual practice. When we lend our voices, our sounds, whatever they are, we're adding ourselves. We add volume, emotion, and shape to the song of the group. When we sing the song, we are a gentle, angry people. Does it matter if we don't sound like the Mormon Tabernacle Choir? And isn't it better that we don't? Let's give it a try now, please. Please stand and join me in singing hymn number 170 we are a gentle angry people